Zach and Courtney. Zach and Courtney. Zach and Courtney. Zach and Courtney. Ooh, they're really talking. Hello. Hey. How are you doing? You having a very back day? Yeah. <laughs> having a back day. Just the universal synonym for good. Yes. Having a back day. Every day is a back day for us. Because when you think back, you should think good. Don't Hi, everybody. We're coming at you live from that pile of dirty clothes that you just, you just need to clean up. Do your laundry. Uh, I'm Zach. <laughs> And I'm Courtney. I hate doing laundry. You listened to last week's episode. We talked yeah. about nicotine and gravy and what she says he'll do a girl's laundry. And you know what? That sold me, Beck. You sold me on sold that me, But, you know, you can't always depend on Beck to do your laundry. He's, he's a busy guy. He's so a very busy guy. Do it for him and tell him, and he'll be really happy. That's your Beck to Beck podcast homework for the week. Uh, DM one of Beck's social accounts or his agent or whatever and tell him that you did your laundry. Yeah. It'll, it'll give him a little <laughs> boost in these, in these very, in these days where each day blends into the next. Uh, yeah. Well, and cause he's clearly very supportive of fan content, including the ever looming dread over our podcast that Beck may find out about us. <laughs> This is fun, too, because, uh, you know, to be fully transparent, we're recording this, like, well before it'll be put out. So, like, that, the, you know, there's always a chance. I was dumb and I tagged him on my personal Twitter account, and I'm not going to oh, untag him now because the damage is done. Oh. But, um, oh, we'll no. see. Oh, no. But it was, just, it was just the pattern. If you swiped. Um, it was the, the cover to the podcast, but honestly, I, I don't that. think yeah. he has swiping time. He, did. I think <laughs> he, he just saw me to swipe. He just saw his face. He's like, "Oh wow, like cool design," and that's it. Doesn't he know it's attached it to a podcast. Me. Yeah, he doesn't need to know. If you're listening, Beck, we love you. We love you so much. We love you so much, Beck. We started a podcast about you. We did. Yeah. Really did. If you would have told like seventeen year old me sitting in my um dual enrollment after school program, um, watching him play Blue Moon on SNL on YouTube over and over instead of doing my work that I was doing a back podcast several years later, I don't know if she would believe. I don't think she would. <laughs> if you had told young me just in the yard cutting grass jamming out to the soundtrack from holes <laughs> and beck's song on there and moby shout out to moby if you had told me that i'd be doing a beck theme podcast i i might have believed you i'm pretty predictable in that regard <laughs> I, it's funny um i hated podcasts until like a year ago I, I never listen to podcasts. Now I do, but I, I like do not listen to podcasts. And I've literally had people tell you before, you seem like such a podcast guy, which a, I mean, you can just tell me you hate me. Like, don't just <laughs> saunter around it. Like I get it. Okay. Look, quarantine's hard on everybody. I get it. Okay. So first of all, thanks for that. Second of all, yeah, I like, 
say I listen to podcasts. I really don't. like. We were talking the other day. It's like, oh yeah, like last podcast on the left. Like I love them, but it's like I don't listen to them as much as I should. And even stuff like Welcome to Night Vale, which like I love, but it's like, oh yeah, I listen to them once every like few months. The only thing that's gotten me super into podcasts lately was literally like Zillennial Canon, and then. Yeah. Like, uh, like not having it and stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah. no, it's, but maybe it's, just because it's people I know on there, and also everybody's really funny and talented and great, of course. So. Yeah, no, it's definitely. I have an issue with sometimes listening to people talk, depending on what I'm doing. Like, mm. if I'm writing something, which you're writing often, um, <laughs> like I get not being able to listen to someone else speaking in your ear. That's like crazy. Right. Um, but if I'm, like, mindlessly doing something, which I'm a graphic designer, so that's, like, 85% of my job, <laughs> um, then I can put a podcast on and, and pay attention to both at the same time, and it's fine. But um, right. here we are shitting on podcasts, and we are a podcast, so um, <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> the shitting on um, podcast podcast. <laughs> I feel like that's every podcast. We're all, I think it's a very self-hating um, medium. <laughs> Like to even say, like, I'm a podcast. <laughs> I feel like an asshole. <laughs> Every podcast is just out to get the others. <laughs> no, we love to support specifically the Zillennial Canon and not having it all. All the other ones, <laughs> fuck them. But those two. Yeah. We support our friends' podcasts and that's it. That's it. No, I, I love Last Podcast on the Left. That's my favorite podcast. Yeah. Shout out! You will never listen to this, boys. I know. Imagine it. if they listened to us. I would be so happy. I, I yeah. They're I great. Know. There's a music podcast I can shout out. Marcus Parks of Last Podcast on Us have has a music podcast called No Dogs in Space that I haven't really listened to because they have been covering punk and I am not a punk girl. But uh, Noah's been listening to it and he likes it and he does it with his wife, which is so cute. So if you want to listen to someone actually have a credible like music opinion, listen to No Dogs in Space. Zach's opinions are credible on this, mine are not. If you I listen don't think to that's last, true. if you listen to last <laughs> week's episode where I just started screamed about girl over and over and over again to a point where it got scary, you know that I'm a crazy person. I literally don't think that's true. Oh. <laughs> We're all friends. Literally said time. that, like, you're Beck and I'm not so Beck. Like, that's our deal. I don't, I don't know a podcast to shout out. Maybe the Podquisition? Shout out to Jim Sterling. Woo-hoo. I used to watch him wrestle. I wore his t-shirt the other day. Uh, anyways, okay. We're going to we talk about that. Podcast. <laughs> We're that back. May, We're that back. May- that may all stay in. That may not be there. Um, if you're listening and we cut that, then yeah, we're back from nothing. Yep. <laughs> we are back from Beck's basement once again. Um, back from that pile of dirty laundry. I, I, I walked upstairs and I left a cookout hush puppy at the door and I hope he found it. I gotta go look later and see if it's gone. It's like Christmas. You gotta see if he made Literally, the sheet. Wait, we missed Beck's birthday. Next year on Beck's birthday, I'm gonna put out a plate of hush puppies. 
Yeah, guys, it's a, it's a yearly tradition. You have to set a little plate of cookout hush puppies for Beck. And if you wake up the next morning and, I mean, kick your parents out that night to make sure that nobody else eats them. Yeah. If they're gone the next day, then Beck visited your house. Or you night. have some mean cockroaches, which would probably be my case. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best bit ever <laughs> we we keep bringing like it works the beck cookout bit lives i, cookout I bit just want die. to know like i want to know if he's at i know i feel like there's a there's a 95 percent, 98 percent chance he's never had cookout and that's so sad i want like, to believe obviously he's been to the american southeast but like what are the chances he ate cookout you know what i mean i want to believe i want to believe beck's a chicken man <laughs> I do. I'm just gonna scout. I need to scour. I found I went in an interview with um, Judd Apatow, which I highly recommend all you Bexters out there. There's a like half hour interview with Judd Apatow and Beck because um, Judd Apatow does this thing where he like brings artists like once a month and it's like a benefit for like a different charity. And he did one with Beck like last, I want to say it was last fall. It was after Hyperspace came out. But um, there's a bit where I think Judd Apatow calls him skinny. And Beck says, like, well, I thought you were going to give me dinner. Like, where's the steak? So he's a steak man. We know that. Beck's a steak man? He can be a chicken man, too. That kind of rocks my world. Okay, this is calling you um, at Beck and Cage memes. You got to edit a cow over Beck now and say he's a cow man. (laughs) Beck's a cow man. (laughs) Sorry, all you vegetarian listeners. You wouldn't harm those pigs from the farm. No, now they're, now they're talking. Oh they're my god. Talking. I wish that whole thing was uploaded onto like YouTube or something because it was a good day. Yeah. I just sat in my blue work chair and I was like, Beck's at a farm. I'll, I, we, we can upload it. We have the video. We, we have that specific video. video. I mean, the whole saga of like. Oh, his whole trip to the little there were cows. Fun. There were llamas. That was such a sweet day. That it was like his friends on the. It was farm. so cute. That's so cute. What yeah, no, we day. have that. We will upload the pig video. It's classic. <laughs> That's as integral to this podcast as the lemon eye picture and cookout the chain restaurant. Like, that's, like, the back-to-back starter pack. We're already establishing our own language. All back-to-back know is lemon <laughs> over eye. Um, watch back talk to pigs eat cookout and lie. And lie! <laughs> I'll say it. I'm lying about being in Beck's basement. I'm not actually there. Yeah, that's uh, the Beck to Beck podcast homework for the week. Uh, lie to your friends. That's the homework. I'm thinking a 12 year old that's like just getting into music listening to this. And oh like man, I love Beck. To what we're saying. Like, oh man, I really love Beck so much. Zach and Courtney told me to lie to my friends. Guess I gotta do it for Beck. Man, I can't believe Carl Weezer listens to our podcast. Celeb <laughs> listener. I would. I wonder how Carl Weezer's doing in like in a universe that he exists like for real. <laughs> would Carl be doing? That's it's time for our favorite, one of our favorite recurring segments on the show. Would Carl Weezer listen to Beck? 
I don't know. I genuinely stopped and thought about it for a second. I you listen to like would, Polka. Sheen would definitely Sheen's listen to Beck. Sheen's definitely a Beck fan. That hair, yeah. That hair. Okay. Sheen Estevez would definitely listen to Beck. Oh my god. So we did actually listen to two Beck songs today. It sounds like we're stalling <laughs> and we didn't. Um, we did. We have a very interesting combination that I'm excited to talk about. First off, we have I Get Lonesome off of One Foot in the Grave. Courtney's favorite Beck album. I have I have feelings. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, I mean, like it's good feelings. It's just I have a you know, we'll get there. And then followed by the information off of the information. (laughs) the titular the information it's the titular information and you know what we have for you bad information (laughs) no it's all good information actually we have a lot of very interesting information we we actually do um (laughs) on the information but we'll start it on um um one foot in the grave on um that not the whole album we're not covering the whole fucking 40 long track long album i'm joking not that long um <laughs> Just I, I get yes um this is a good little it's a good little ditty i, I like get loads i get loads Let's start us off by reading uh, the annotation from the genius section of the Bectionary on this song, which has three downvotes on it. So who knows? <laughs> think we got? I think we got us a, a good one here, folks. Uh, <laughs> this song was on one foot in the grave. Facts. Uh, the album didn't. The album didn't really get much critical up. <laughs> Love it. Should, should I read this as John Lovitz or Neil Hamburger or Lynn Manuel Miranda? Send in your requests for who I should read genius annotations at future episodes. You I know read. they're all gonna say John Lovitz. <laughs> the album didn't really get much critical loving, but it helped Beck get more popular. <laughs> the song itself isn't the most popular on this album. Most of Beck's 90s music is kind of totally confusing. (laughs) But I'm fairly certain this song is about a lonely male. (laughs) Sounds kind of sad lonely. One version of the song in the deluxe reissue has two people, Beck and Calvin Johnson. Okay. Yeah, so speaking of which, I guess we listened to the reissue? Because ours was definitely Beck and Calvin Johnson. So I will say once again how many times do i say full transparency it's like i think i'm hiding so much from you guys um transparent pod i have the deluxe reissue saved to the official back-to-back playlist because yeah sorry they have both on spotify i'm pretty sure okay that's what i was gonna ask that has all 32 songs so i wanted to be a completionist and have all, all 32 songs. acclaimed um, everybody's favorite Beck album. I also think Calvin Johnson worked on the album, so let's listen to him sing as well. That's my feelings. But can I just say on this um, annotation, yeah, no shit, it's about a lonely male. <laughs> I get lonesome and it's sung by two men. 
Yeah. Okay. You guys, thank you. That you guys weren't expecting. This was a back talk, back talk segment the whole time. Yeah, I'm just shitting on this nice person who's not even shitting on back. Um, <laughs> sorry, one contributor. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My favorite annotation. Um, I get loads so of times four. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't click to what. This pretty much means that the narrator gets lonely. We're getting really innovative on this genius lyrics page today. Yeah, look how um, we had a super in-depth last episode, and now yeah. for I get lonesome, our he's analysis lonely. is, he's lonely. I mean, that is, like, that's the song, I will say. But I, like, so, there's, verse two is, so glad to be a slab, stiff as a stick on a board. I get thoughts and dirty socks piled in the corner. And the annotation for I get thoughts. Do is, your laundry! <laughs> um, it's, the narrator has some naughty things in his head with the socks. Just guess. Oh, shit. <laughs> Shout out to Beck's cum sock. <laughs> and Calvin Johnson's too (laughs) they share it no (laughs) we're gonna see if that's staying in or not (laughs) yeah let's uh, who knows if that's gonna stay in (laughs) oh god that's so funny um, See, yeah. the best part about the Back to Back podcast is that you never know which one's actually going to be the worst episode. <laughs> oh my god. No, this song. <laughs> I, I like, I, I don't know, like, I, I feel bad saying there's not like a ton to say about this song, but I think it's a good, like, if you're wanting to feel like pissed off sad which is very like that's that's a sad i yeah but like maybe a little more like than motherfucker like not like blind rage pissed off sad but more just like i don't want to do anything i hate everyone like whatever this is a good song to listen to and that's an emotion i feel you know not all the time but like i could i could put on i get lonesome and just like vibe with my own like sad like i guess like it's a good like the song's not passive aggressive, but I think I would enjoy listening to it while feeling passive aggressive, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's it is early Beck, you know, mm-hmm. for anybody doesn't know we I don't know how many people we have that listen that don't know anything about Beck. If you do, thank you so much. I would love to meet a person whose knowledge of Beck is strictly informed by the Beck to Beck podcast because Oh my god. <laughs> it'll be like that story about all the blind people that touch the elephant and think it's like a million different things. <laughs> I know who this person is. His name's Sean Patrick O'Brien. If he's made it this far, <laughs> shout out to friend of the pod, Sean Patrick O'Brien. He won't, he won't make it this far, though. I know it. He'll get. Well, I'm not listening to his seltzer podcast then. <gasps> if he doesn't listen to the back, hopefully but that's yes, not a surprise. <laughs> this um. This was recorded in 93 and 94, and it came out in 94. So this is, he is young. I'm going to do some math to see how young he was. Some math. While you do that, uh, actual shout out to this section of the Bectionary, whiskeyclone.net, for real. Like, Mm -hmm. if you have any kind of passing interest in Beck or want to get more in-depth on stuff, 
really genuinely great resource that like I'm pretty sure we knew about before maybe yeah. I don't know I don't know if I was on here when I was a kid maybe but yeah there's there's stuff on there that we could definitely talk about including one thing that I told Courtney that like weirded me out so anyway 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 uh, I found he was 24 when he made 24 was, yeah that's Aunt crazy G, me too Beck he's baby <laughs> He's baby. He's I can't believe he's fifty years old. That's crazy. Okay, I can't I'm believe that. Beck was one year away from double his age right now when he did this song. Yeah, How that's crazy. crazy. That? That's super so crazy. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, 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 say what you were saying about what you found. Okay, out. so yeah, so stuff on Whiskey Clone. Uh, I get lonesome. Interesting and somewhat odd duet. It talks about Beck and Calvin sort of contrasting vocals because we've said before that Beck has kind of like a lower register voice that he can mm-hmm. obviously like get up to higher stuff when he needs to but calvin johnson's voice is like low he's yeah. got like a very bluesy which is perfect for this song and this album which yeah. is very kind of like bluegrassy bluesy kind of yeah. sound and so they're saying still one of the more noteworthy of beck's early songs lyrics are memorable I like this part. In many ways, it can be seen as a portrait of the artist as a young man, like we were talking about. Beck says, I stomp on the floor just to make a sound, which is a perfect expression of Beck's own philosophy of music making at the time, as well as a nod to the blues where acoustic Delta bluesmen often stomped along. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Delta. Uh, <laughs> but also, yeah, like, I, I think sometimes about Beck's early music like what he was trying to say with a lot of his early music there's lots of themes of like almost kind of self-rejection in a way even if you talk about his big hit like loser like very self-critical kind of music but also wanting to put that art out there which I don't know about anybody else I like really relate to like hardcore that's Mm -hmm. why I say a lot of Beck's early stuff that once I listened to it when I was younger, or even just in general, like, really hit me in a lot of ways. It's just, I don't know. It's really powerful to hear, like, someone take their emotions and process it through art, I'll say. Yeah, I totally agree. And the way that he does it versus someone, like, I'm, like, in my head, I was, like, who's the most, like, who's king self-deprecation in music? Morrissey. (laughs) To me. (laughs) Great. And no, the like, way, great. like, I love the Smiths. I won't lie. No, but no. I find Morrissey very insufferable. And the lyrics to most Smith songs, they're so self-deprecating that it's like nauseating. Whereas Beck's form of self-deprecating is much more realistic to me. Like he does, mm-hmm. he he doesn't just hate. Like he doesn't hate himself. He just is unsure, and he has moments where he doubts exactly. himself. But he almost can make a joke out of it, or like mm-hmm. loser to me is making a joke out of like not liking yourself. Whereas something like this is like, I'm not happy where I am. I don't know, whatever. I'll just keep on going. Something like that, and that to me is a much more realistic and relatable, like you were saying way to handle with negative feelings about yourself whereas you know morrissey's just like hit me with a bus (laughs) (laughs) in a way that's like couldn't be interpreted as early beck's kind of like ironic kind of yeah exactly oh like morrissey like someone someone should check up on morrissey (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> so I completely agree. Like you yeah. hit the head so well. Oh, that's good. But yeah, um, definitely any any back information you want to know and hear, uh, you know, read yourself. Go to whiskeyclone.net. Absolutely, They're very it, very include, informative. Yeah, including they track. We talked about this a little bit last time. They track like all the times that Beck will play a song live, which I think is like super cool, at least for the songs that we've seen so far, Mm -hmm. including how one time he played this song the day after I was born, like a year later, like a year and a day after I was born, he played this exact song live, which is random, but I think it's really cool. Life Life is a Latisse of coincidences. For example, say you're thinking about a plate of shrimp and somebody says plate or shrimp or of. This is just me talking about Repo Man now. That's your Bex Bet podcast homework. Uh, go watch Repo Man. Great movie. I second that. It's so good. I, I feel like Beck would like Repo Man. I was literally just about like, to say it. <laughs> they give me similar kind of weird DIY like aesthetics i got to see that at a midnight screening once it was very fun uh, i'm so jealous i would have i would love to do that someday. you should be jealous i'm joking <laughs> you should be jealous you should be jealous look not all of us live up in the hills like you <laughs> i'm from boonies <laughs> i moved from a flatland to another flatland um, flat to flat <laughs> It's the flat to flat podcast. It's the flat to flat podcast. I just this is very random, but I'm on. Just the, I was preparing to start speaking about the information, and I'm on the Genius Lyrics. Right, right. an ad for the weekend is doing a concert on TikTok. Omg, oh, that's weird. I mean, good for him. That's better than Fortnite. <laughs> Shout out to anybody that was there with me and watched Inception in Fortnite, <laughs> you were one of, you got you did it i did it you watched the whole movie i absolutely did not because okay good because just put it on uh, your tv yeah. at that point like. yeah, yeah and in general talking about christopher nolan's a whole different podcast you know what, i think we won't get into it but i think you and i have the exact same opinion on christopher nolan i think we should talk about that sometime we but will. maybe not on the podcast yeah. considering this isn't the Chris to Nolan podcast. <laughs> I could not do the Chris to Nolan podcast. Okay. I could not either. Let's uh-huh. talk about the information. The information. Yay. Yeah, okay. Which, we found some cool shit about this. Yes, we did. This so is, it's the titular track. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It is the titular track. And I quite like this song. It's very... Me it's, too. It's kind of uncomfortable almost. Like there's an energy in it. has that vibe. I was gonna say that too which yeah. we kind of talked about earlier 
I feel like this album in general is like kind of less appreciated. Like if you look even just on stuff like the Wikipedia page, like it seems apparent that Beck was trying to do something a little ambitious about with this mm-hmm. album. Was this, what did this come after? Guero? Guerolito? Like yeah, it was the year after Guero. Okay. And so, you know, with stuff like the information, it has like almost kind of sci-fi visuals and like, mm-hmm. not visuals, just kind of like aesthetics. Energy, kind of associated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you can read, and we'll talk about it like a little bit for this since it is like the title track for it. Yeah. Of just different kind of interesting kind of stuff Beck tried to do for this album that ultimately wound up with something that isn't really as talked about as a lot of his other albums I would say which you know I get it like I was saying before like when I first heard this I do not think I appreciate this album Mm-mm. nearly as much as I do now Same. but now listening to it it's such it's very cohesive it's a very kind of cohesive vision it's you know yeah maybe can be a little uncomfortable but it's a very i'll say this track and a lot of stuff on here is like immersive like i listen to these songs and it like really focuses my brain which is hard for me because like my attention deficit is like just out the window (laughs) so to have like any track from this album really like grab my attention and really just like sort of wash over me as I listen to it I think is really commendable it's just Beck putting out another different sound which is in essence what he always does yeah you know so I'm just saying I I think we should award experimentation more I'd rather see someone try and potentially fail or not be as successful with doing something different than like stay consistent and maybe just ride like a hollow kind of high if that makes sense yeah and I mean I don't think we could do this if he was like that like to me Mm -hmm. because he is he changes it up so much that's why this is I hope interesting to listen to but the fact like you cannot say that I Get Lonesome is anything like um, the information. They're totally different. And that's what's oh, absolutely. Cool about this. And even, you know, the past two episodes we did, those songs are different. Like, it's obviously the same artist, but there's enough variation that it's interesting to talk about. And yeah. I think, like, this album was cr- received critically well when it came out. But I feel like it, that was, like, it was received well when it came out. And then no one talks about it anymore. And it doesn't have, yeah. it, it doesn't have, I don't want to say the pop appeal of even like Guero, but like it doesn't have the girl or the E-pro right. that Guero has. I would say Think I'm in Love is like the popular one yeah. from this. And it's still, if you compare it to some of his other songs or like lead singles off of his other albums it's not i think it's forgotten pretty easily and i like that song but i think other songs on the album are stronger but it's because they're so experimental like i love um the last the horrible fanfare landslide exoskeleton the last song that's like 10 minutes long that's so (laughs) cool like i love that (laughs) 
Uh, we'll like, get there someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only one I remembered, I think I remember the information because I listened to it like the other day, like the title mm-hmm. track, and then uh, Cellophane's Dead, but that would only be because it's on my like master playlist of Michelle Gondry music videos. Yeah. Shout out to Michelle Gondry. I love you. Be a guest um, on the podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. And I like, um, I was really, go- I'm once I would again, die. I'm, we're naming songs that aren't the song we're talking about, but right, right. it's the thing on the whole. But um, a, a few weeks ago, I was listening to Thousand Beats Per Minute on repeat mm. because um, I have tachycardia and my heart beats too fast. So I was like, this one's for the girls. Oh my um, God. Undiagnosed tachycardia. Maybe diagnosed tachycardia by the time this comes out. Oh my God. <laughs> literally all that means zach is that my heart beats fast when i get nervous like everyone's heart does that mine just (laughs) i will say for all doctors listening to this my heart does not beat a thousand beats per minute that would be dangerous courtney's heart said (laughs) right if Beck's heart is beating a thousand beats per minute he needs to see a cardiologist He's like a hummingbird. Oh, and I'm just thinking a tiny little <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> we're going we're to draw a tiny back flapping his little wings. Oh, I thought you were going to say like shout out to hummingbirds because I shout agree. Out, shout out to hummingbirds. They are really cute. They're very cute. Um, but yeah, the information, I think the information, the song is, yeah. it does carry the energy of the whole album. Yeah, it's a good Even if like it's not uh, a single. It's a good like litmus test. Like yeah. sometimes with title tracks, sometimes it's just like, okay, this is just like a title track. Like, you know, this the information, the song wasn't even a single like for the album, but like you can listen to it and if you hear it and you like like it, like we're kind of saying, it's a good kind of indicator for the sound of the rest of the album. Yes, Very I agree. kind of like, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it other than just sci-fi. Honestly, <laughs> like though, like, in that sci-fi sense, though, it's very, like, this came out in, what, 2006, right, we said? Six, yeah, yeah, 2006. It's very topical. Like, yeah. the, the information is laughing at us. The ticker tape feeds the mind, looking for a lost transmission, a heaven that we've left behind. And then the chorus is, when the information comes, we'll know what we're made of, made from. And I just think, like, it captures the anxiety, especially now, like, listening to it now in the world we live in now, like, the anxiety of almost, like, we have an information overload, like, we know way too much, and we have, I mean, with a cell phone, you have anything you want at your fingertips, but you don't even know what's real anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. not to be, like, fake news, but, like, it is to a point where, like, there's so much coming at you at once you don't even know what really is truly like the information that you need no and literally it's like to a point where it's like killing people <laughs> like, <laughs> no absolutely so that's very interesting to look at it in a 2020 lens i mean this has been a problem forever it's just tied into you know how crazy news media is right now with like pandemic and everything else happening in the world it's it's very I think that's why it freaks me out so much now and maybe I didn't pay attention as much to it even like (laughs) five years ago it's it's weirdly prescient I'll say uh 
what was I going to say? Oh, okay. So tangent, hopefully this is actually related and not just an excuse for me to talk about one of my scripts, but one of like my biggest script project that I'm working on is set in 2008. And so I've been like two years off. I've been doing lots of research on like the impact of like the internet and the ease of access of information in that specific kind of mid to late 2000s era. And even for stuff like at the time, it's probably not the best term to use, but it was more used back then. They'd call this kind of era, and especially the people that grew up with it, the ADD generation, where it's like we are so overwhelmed with information. It's the idea. And like, I'll say this much with last episode where Beck was talking about the forbidden fruit of knowledge and like Adam and Eve and stuff like that. He once again references Adam in this song yeah. and the idea of the notion of like the burden of knowledge, which mm-hmm. I think is so fascinating. And again, for this time period to be this oddly prescient song of like, what are the dangers of information and specifically, yeah, like information overload where you can have thousands of sources coming at you saying, this is the truth. This is what you are made of. This is your surroundings. Lyrics like say hello to a mannequin. Like, I don't know, that just kind of hollowness, maybe even like a, like a black mirror like kind of thing i could sound crazy right now but like just i (laughs) just i don't know like there's lots of feelings of just you know information communication like how we're more connected than ever but we're more isolated from each other than ever it's just i don't know like this song and this album give me those kind of vibes and you know similar how we're talking about with uh like the music video for girl last time just Mm -hmm. Beck, I think, is very interested in how we receive and perceive our surroundings. And this song and this album definitely really hit that in an interesting way that I think has aged, like, I would say really well. It's only one song, and we can listen to it more, obviously, as the podcast goes on. But I don't know. It's, I'd I'd call it ambitious. Yeah, I agree. I just sent Zach a message um we have a information related back talk back talk oh no I believe oh no (laughs) if you're ready to move on to that segment (laughs) absolutely unless uh did we want to talk about like the album and the music video because there's there's like two interesting things yeah let's finish that first but there there is back talk back talk coming my friends yeah look forward to that we talked too much about girl to be able to do back talk back talk yeah so hope you appreciate it yeah but so just a cool thing about this album again tying in with the perceived kind of ambitiousness of it. I think Beck really did want to do something with this album. There's two really cool things that we found about it that I think are good to talk about again, since this is like the title track and then Mm -hmm. for future episodes, we can analyze more individual songs. But A, if you go on the Wikipedia page for this song or just look up like the basic Beck information album artwork, you'll see basically just like a white grid of like grid paper and then Beck's like name as the stylized kind of blocky like logo and it's like okay yeah cool 
But if you listen to this, like, on Spotify, you'll see the album art is just decked out with all kinds of these different little, they look like stickers. And it's because, apparently, the album itself, and I wouldn't know, I didn't have this album myself, like, physical. I never had, like, a CD of it or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I actually listened to it on YouTube, which we'll get into. But uh, the album itself was issued in this blank kind of grid way. And it would come with one of four different sheets of stickers that you could put on the album to make your own album art. Beck said, the idea was that the artwork was going to be customizable. It was to provide something that calls for interactivity, which I think is like really cool. And to me, this is me exercising my two brain cells for a sec. Uh-huh. <laughs> if, if the information as an album is this kind of talking about, oh, information communication, the online era, like what happens to individuality when, you know, it's almost these like Orwellian sci-fi themes. But so then to have an album that Beck it puts out and says, I want you to put your own artistic stamp on this. I want you to, for a moment, express this individual creativity. I think that's kind of genius. To it's be awesome. I think it's incredible. <laughs> and I think it shows that he respects his fans and the intelligence of his yeah. fans. Which some artists, you can tell, not that they disrespect, but that they just can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. I think he very much cares about what he gives people and how they can interact with it. And I think that's super special. And it's his whole thing of like, you know, Beck is a very do-it-yourself, genre mixing, like, here's all these different sounds and whatnot. It's Beck sort of asking his fans or people listening to do the same thing. Be like, hey, put your own fun spin on this, which I think is really cool. Like, I just think that's awesome. The other thing for that was, so like we said last episode, if there's an accompanying music video for a song we listen to, we want to try to find it so that we can have a little more to talk about with what we're doing. And so we looked it up and we couldn't find one at first. We were just like, okay, like, you know, it wasn't a single. That's fine. So we just listened to the track. But we did some more research as we were listening. And so apparently now i know this may not be like one percent thing because like i said uh i know for sure that michelle gondry did a music video for cellophane's dead but beck apparently wanted every track on this album to have an accompanying music video with it either done by a director or done by himself with this very low budget kind of VHS filter kind of style. And so we looked it up and there are videos for most of the tracks on the information in a playlist on YouTube. It's just that some of them are blocked by country, including the video for the track, the information. So we couldn't watch it ourselves. So if any of you have access to that, tell us yeah. how it is. We're, we're legit if you have another link that you know works in the U.S., um, you know, we dug, but we could have probably dig deeper. Uh, let us yeah. know because, you know, we're super interested, and I think I think that's super cool. Yeah, if we talk about it again, we can maybe bring it up if we ever find it. Yeah. But that's actually yeah. a great segue to uh, this week's sponsor, which is ExpressVPN. Uh, you know, if you want to watch a Beck music, music video, 
in another country. You need a uh, VPN. <laughs> you can use ExpressVPN. We're not sponsored by ExpressVPN. <laughs> we are not, sadly. We uh this is this is just for for all of you. We get we are not sponsored by anyone. We get no money at yeah. all. Not even NordVPN. We, you know, we keep the airwaves free. We do. This is this is this is Doctor Amp coming at you live. <laughs> unless you're on, unless you don't pay for Spotify, and then I think they force ads in. Do they do that? Uh, on, they do that on podcasts. I'm not sure because I pay for Spotify. Imagine, imagine getting an ad when you're trying to listen to the information. What does that say about our society? Society. <laughs> okay, Joker's back from that the Joker's back from the first episode. How about another joke, Courtney? Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was Robert De Niro only making a million dollars this year. <laughs> See, now, was that my real laugh or was that my Joaquin Phoenix Joker laugh? Uh, Shout out to a friend of the pod, Jillian, who just showed up at the <laughs> meeting dressed as the joke, like the Arthur Fleck Joker. It was so In scary. I full respect ass Joker makeup. Mad I respect, respect it. To a friend um, of the pod, Jillian. Yeah, friend of the pod, Jillian. Um, anyway, anyway, anyway. So to, to easily transition into Back Talk, Back Talk, yeah, I've we're dealing with our own jokers here, am I right? The Wikipedia page for the information the album, the lowest rating of, like, professional ratings, The Guardian gave it three out of five, which, like, let me just say, that's still, like, not a bat. Like, they're not, like... No, not at all. <laughs> but some of the things they say in this bother me. Let me read some some things so off the bat it says it's been a while since the new back album was a must-hear event but when the zeitgeist eventually comes back around he'll be waiting for it with his definitive mixture of whimsy and impenetrable humor so that to me is like a diss that they (laughs) and like a nice like compliment burrito yeah that's like a backhanded (laughs) and i find this very confusing because the album that came out before this was guero which is like considered to be one of his most critically acclaimed albums ever yeah so shut up the guardian anyway let me continue um they say (laughs) the information 17 mashup tracks long and as abstract as he's ever been which is valid yeah isn't the one to usher in his second golden era though Ooh. the casual listener's introduction to it will probably be the single cell phone's dead whose mess of robo-bleeps, cackling children, and laconic rapping is likely to discourage further investigation. I've been calling it cellophane's dead the whole time. Uh, We're going to edit that. That's okay. You're thinking of the hit FKA Twigs song, Cellophane. Me too. Yes, of course. Shout out to FKA Twigs. Who Jinx. would vibe very well with Beck? I think. Oh my God, collab! Oh God, don't even get my hopes up. Anyway, um, what a what a dig! Just, and this is like the first paragraph. <laughs> okay, the worst line. However annoying it sounds, give the information a chance. <laughs> it's just constant, like 
Oh, here's a little good thing. Here's a little bad thing. Like back and forth. Like that's a definite three out of five review. <laughs> God, it's just so <laughs> passive aggressive. Oh, and then they just totally dunk on him down here. It doesn't pay to try to unravel the lyrics of someone who admits that he often has no idea what he's writing about, but he said that the information's lyrics were inspired by the whole mood of the country. That knowledge still doesn't make things very clear and doesn't even factor in the elocution issue that makes him rock's greatest mumbler. Whatever he's saying, though, makes you want to listen. Okay. Rock's greatest mumbler. He's a mumbler. <laughs> They called Beck a mumbler. I don't think he. Oh, I mean, God. okay, I maybe see like some some song he's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. But like, Rock's great mumbler. There are a lot of a lot more mumbly. Yeah, we're people, gonna we're gonna like re- we're gonna reappropriate Rock's great mumbler. Out of England, Mumbler and Sons. That was a horrible joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just no laughter. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like Mumford and Sons. I, I appreciate that. Used to. I don't like how poppy they are now. Like, they can't change. Okay. You, that's that's you a have- band that's not allowed to change. You like had a say. Mumford and Sums, Mumford and Sums. You, I swear, you had Babel or something on your on repeat thing. I did. I do like Babel. Back. I love that's Babel. a great song. And it's great a great album. When I hear that, we're not talking about. We're not toppling about mumbling sons. <laughs> mumbling sons. Yeah, rock. Yeah, this great this whole this is gonna be a bit like rock's someone... great mumbler. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, like. Th- this this review does not read three stars. I mean, it reads someone that definitely wasn't entirely on board with this album. Which, I mean, like, you know, it's a different album, I guess. But, like, it's also pretty discrediting to Beck as an artist, I feel like. Yeah. and I, what I would call this a very high-effort album from him. Like, it I seems agree. like he really tried hard on this it's album. It's very ambitious. Yeah. No, I think, I think especially, like, the media and, like, critics and stuff really expect him to just be like he was in the 90s. And I think that's why you get criticism on stuff like this and then, like, even the recent, like, like, Colors and Hyperspace. I think for some reason, like, Morning Phase gets a pass. Yeah, I was looking at... stripped down maybe i don't know but that that seems to get a total pass from any crit and i love it i think it's a perfect album but like i don't think it's fair that anytime he tries to be a little experimental that automatically you have to compare it to you know like odelay or even midnight vultures like the information is not at all anything like midnight vultures it's a lot more like the tone is super different just because the lyrics are weird and there's like beeps doesn't mean it's the same (laughs) he's going for the same thing yeah if you don't think beck makes experimental music and puts computer beeps in his songs then honey you don't listen to beck <laughs> no that's how i described one of friend of the pod dylan <laughs> beck was walmart music and i was like there's computer beeps in a lot of his songs that was how i tried to 
That was the justification. That was the justification. And then but we said, there's computer beats. <laughs> what was I say? Uh, I'm so hung up on the line. This one isn't the one to usher in his second golden era. So I wonder what they thought of Morning Phase, which... I'm going to look up what is the Guardian review of um, Morning Phase. Morning Phase. Gold, I'm getting all the titles mixed up. You're good. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, Bad. Yeah, because, like, we've talked before about how Bay's, Bay's, Beck kind of has, like, phases of music. And I feel like different people you ask would argue, like, oh, Beck had his one early phase and nothing else. Or, like, morning phase really kind of brought things back for him. So, like, I don't know. He's definitely, obviously, a very evolutionary artist. He's gone through a lot of different stylistic changes. So... And, you know, maybe the information isn't the one to usher in a golden era. But, like, it's still a good album. They gave Morning Phase a three as well. (gasps) Dude, the Guardian... You heard here first. The Guardian has it out for Beth. They very much, like, she just keeps saying it's so slow, which I get... Was it her again? The same author? it's a different author. Okay, okay, okay. see that... Um, best. It also made best albums of 2014. It was number eight. Okay. So I don't know. I'm guessing that maybe they make, make it make sense. The Guardian. They're not. Maybe like actually give. Is this a second review? Okay. Okay. Yes. Tim what? Jones, a different reviewer, gave it four out of five. Okay. So. Man. This was the information oh, Beck was oh. talking about. You can't, t- you can't trust the information. He, uh, oh my God. Oh my God. Everything's meta. Um, oh, he, no. he, Mr. Tim, no, just what you just said, that you can't trust the information. Um, oh. This return <laughs> from a lengthy hiatus isn't the only excite, isn't the only thing exciting Beckophiles. Beckophiles. <laughs> I love this man. Can we get him on the pod? Yeah, for real. Do we change the fan base name from Piss Babies to Beckophiles? Both. Piss Babies is everyone that listens to this. The ones that actually like Beck are Beckophiles. They're Beckophiles. Like, Sean's not a Beckophile. Sean's a Piss Baby. Yeah, Sean's a Piss Baby. Yeah, yeah. Sean, if you're listening, friend of the pod, Sean, if you're listening to this, you're a Piss Baby. Piss Baby of the pod, Sean. Piss Baby. Instead of... Instead of donkey of the day, it's piss baby of the week. Sean. Okay, I'm gonna send this review to you, and I guess I'll tweet it when this episode comes out because the photo they used is like a blurry picture of <laughs> mouth open. And oh, then the caption no. says older and wiser. Dot dot dot. Beck. <laughs> Even this four out of five is still throwing shade. <laughs> I think Beck looks very nice in the morning phase era. He's got a nice suit on. The hats really started to play in big. Beck looks very nice, but this photo, I don't know who took this photo and He's who like wrote this caption. Beach. Yeah, it's not good. Talking about morning phase Beck, uh, shout out to Beck looking like PewDiePie on the cover of morning phase. <laughs> Okay, between you saying he looks like PewDiePie and then Noah saying he looks like he could be Dana Carvey's brother. He looks like me. Dana Carvey's brother. I think PewDiePie's worse. Friend of the pod, neutral Noah, you heard your first, said 
said Beck looks like Dana Carvey's And brother. I got so defensive, and he was like, I'm not saying he looks like him. He looks like he could be his brother. Dana Carvey's brother. Uh, oh PewDiePie. <laughs> Tr- trust me, I'm mad for saying it too. I don't. Wa- I don't want that associated with the pod. But like, that's where we're at. He looks like <laughs> we could talk about that when we actually talk about Morning Face. Yeah, this is true. We were here to talk about One Foot in the Grave. Let's talk about the One Foot in the Grave album cover that we should have talked about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I personally am obsessed with his yes um his kool-aid scarf i think it's very fun it's and it's such a look like it, it's time for one of our favorite segments uh beck fit check honestly this <laughs> is a good segment because he is very stylish like this is. obviously not super stylish like with the the kool-aid vest and like all the, or the scarf hey, and all that hey, like, hey now hey now okay but like the full like Kool-Aid. glitter celine suit he wore to the grammys this year like that's like yeah fashion fashion but no i love the kool-aid scarf he's damn 24 years old here of course he's wearing a kool-aid scarf <laughs> he can wear, dude man all 24 year olds know how to do is wear kool-aid scarves and lie <laughs> yeah. i'm wearing a kool-aid scarf right now He's not, listeners. <laughs> Don't break the... If I lied because yeah. the information. That's <gasps> the lesson for today. Oh, my God. I don't know what the cameraman told them, but it's just proof that everything's subjective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shout out to Beck's Kool-Aid scarf, you know, shouting out his roots at... Are you... Are you... Are you... <laughs> To bleep that out. <laughs> to back. So people that were listening to the first episode of the pod were like, you know that Mormonism and the S word are two different things, right? And I was like, I literally love Angels in America. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to to Jillian again for Angels in America. For just saying Angels in America. Every time we watch something with Jillian, she's like, oh my god, this is like Angels in America. And I haven't seen Angels in America. And I'm right there with her. Everything is like... This is like Angels in America. Is the back album the information like Angels in America? Uh, In a way, because Beck probably would say fuck you to Roy Cohn. So yeah, I believe that. Um, I have a great image to share with you. Because, like, I, I think one thing people are talking about is that I think they felt like the information was very, like, anti-Bush. So mm. if it's in that regard, then, like, yeah, yeah, definitely similar to Angels. What did you send? Oh, my God. It's just morning phase. Oh, it's not the specific, damn it. One second. I got nothing. Second. I'm just seeing one a bunch second. of PewDiePie. On there you screen. go. I hate. I hate. <laughs> Did, what you is this? Did you get it? It's loading. Clash music has Just something. Look at to the say. photo. <laughs> okay. 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 Shout- we have to do this whenever this comes out. Shout out to Noah because this picture of Beck specifically, this is Dana Carvey's brother. <laughs> 
This photo is of Dana Carvey's brother standing next to Kanye West. <laughs> Holy shit. Tell Noah that. Tell him this now. He can't wait. wait. <laughs> you have to tell him that I completely agree. Holy shit. They could not have picked a worse side profile of Beck. He looks like Mike. He looks like Michael Sarah at the okay. end of that one like Stephen King short story where he like goes into the future or whatever. That's a very that's something that we haven't spoken about. I have noticed in a lot of YouTube comments, Twitter replies, XYZ. Everyone thinks he looks like Michael Sarah. I don't really I kind of see it, but like on the whole, I would give it Dana Carvey's brother over Michael Sarah. In this picture, I see it because it's a frankly unflattering side profile of Beck. But it's again because he's talking. This is like a live like thing. Yeah, it's Kanye coming to steal his fucking Grammy. <laughs> Which, by the way, we didn't talk about before. I completely forgot that Beck like absolutely got Taylor Swifted. By Kanye. He wanted him to stay up though. He got sad. Like afterwards, he was like, "I wanted him to stay. I love Kanye. Like, why did he leave?" Beck's chill as fuck, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that's just so funny like here i can definitely see michael Sarah. other photos not necessarily but we are perhaps biased because we're beck fans yeah there's uh beck yeah. fun fact of the day uh beck is in uh <laughs> twin peaks the return as uh <laughs> michael Sarah's character's name here yeah, Wally Brando. Wait, I have another good back photo. I will tweet all of these. I will tweet all of these my friends that can't see this right now. There's something <laughs> Did you about is Wally Brando? <laughs> no, just all the Kanye pictures I'm sending you. There's something about um the way Beck's hand is in this picture. I thought you were gonna say like, oh yeah, that's my favorite romantic comedy. There's something about Beck. I'll make it. <laughs> I'll be the lead. <laughs> I'll write it. You Yay. Star. After second reformed. Yes, after second reformed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's just something very compelling about like Kanye is blurred in the front, walking away, Beck's making direct, like trying to get Kanye's eye contact. Like, stay, like where are you going? This looks like Beck. He's looking at Kanye like he's his dad. Like he really wants his approval. I know. Photo. It's kind of sad. What a photo. This is hilarious. He's <laughs> also wearing jeans, I think. Okay. Hope you, hope you suck it through to the end, everybody. For everybody that made it to the end of the episode, uh, tweet out sad Beck. Hashtag sad Beck if you made it to the end of the episode. He's not sad. He won a fucking Grammy for album of the year. <laughs> but like, at what cost? Courtney's <laughs> <laughs> face right now. <laughs> Courtney just made the most what the fuck are you talking about he's just like where are you going Kanye share this moment with me you know what he looks like he looks like the Mr. Krabs meme where it's all like blurry around him and he looks like so confused (laughs) I mean I would be too if Kanye just came up he's in the building Taylor Swift was in the audience like no no, not again. Stay away. Please don't do this to someone again. Or she was like, thank God I'm not the only one. Which, okay, fun thing. Did you know about that? Like the Taylor Swift Beck thing? That they played together? No, not that. It was uh, the Taylor Swift Beck Kanye thing. This art, I think they would probably say it in 
this article, like mm-hmm. Taylor Swift was talking with Kanye, just because like after the whole thing, I think yeah. like, tried to you know just like be on like chill like level ground or whatever. They heard, if I'm remembering it right, they heard Morning Face playing at like a restaurant. Kanye asked who it was, and Taylor said, "This is Beck. This is Morning Face." And so, this is where Kanye like told Beck, "No, like I liked Morning Face." Which oh isn't God. that such a crazy like everything's crazy. connected kind of thing? That's weird. Yeah, no, it's in this article. Yeah, yeah, that's where we talk about it. Damn, go off Taylor. I shout out to Taylor Swift. Um, she's in yeah. Cats, and <laughs> I really like one song off of Folklore because it's the only one I've listened to, but it's the one with Bonnie there. Which so. yeah, brings it back together because as we remember, Beck's dad did orchestrator for Cats orchestration for cats <laughs> all comes I think back about to that daily just like a plate of shrimp <laughs> I'm just life is a tease of coincidences as long as this episode <laughs> remember how we um, said we were going to do half hour episodes <laughs> to be fair I'm going to cut out the first like 20 minutes where we just ramble about how we don't listen to podcasts no um, no no no, that'll be that'll be that'll be exclusive down. that'll be exclusive backer content for all the patreon backers. yeah when we make a patreon <laughs> <laughs> i have told courtney i want to make money off this podcast <laughs> we can't keep using the theme song if we start making money off of it we'll just do it ourselves where is that i got zach and courtney <laughs> <laughs> there use that use that sample Use that. John Lovett says use that sample. John Lovett says use that sample. Okay, John. Okay, at one point, you are going to have to, whenever we get to a, like, rap-heavy Beck song, you're going to have to do it as Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, no. And it's going to make me want to die, but... Stay tuned for the worst episode. Literally, yeah, just keep listening for that. Keep, yeah, that's your that's your incentive to keep listening for the for the John Lovitz Lin Manuel rapping episode. <laughs> I can't do any impressions. I'll just keep talking. I, hey, me. look, I I can't either. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're good at impressions. I want everyone to know that's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. I know we've been talking for. You too wanted long. to be Dana Carvey. I did not, and I really hate you for saying that. <laughs> Just kidding. I watched Master of Disguise all the time when I was a kid, so I'm sure I loved Dana Carvey when I was a kid. Remake Master of Disguise with Beck as <laughs> Look, it would just be his brother playing his part. Would he also be a Mr. man playing a 23-year-old? Okay, well, to be fair, Dana Carvey's looked like shit for years, so, like, <laughs> to be fair, and this is true, Beck looks better in his age that Dana Carvey does look at his age. Oh, yeah, no, Beck doesn't look 50 Because at he's all. a good person. He is a good person. And he's aged well because of that. Yes. I love you, Beck. You we don't you, look Beck. like Michael Sarah or Dana Carvey's brother. <laughs> You look like or PewDiePie. (laughs) (laughs) I still think that's the worst one. That one is the worst one. I hate myself for saying it, but you know what? 
you've got to get the information out there because if you don't, then you'll get. Speaking of the information, I am. I tied it all together. I am looking respectfully (laughs) at um, used copies so that I can make my own cover. I was literally thinking the same thing. Like I kind of want to make my own the information album. I told my mom, I was like, mom, the Beck podcast was, it's, it's out there. It's live. She was like, I love you. I'm not going to listen to it because I don't like that. But I got her to listen. Victory, Courtney's mom, Beck victory of the day. I got her to watch the entirety of the Paisley Park. So she loves Prince. So I got her to do that, which those are great. That's a whole episode. I think we should do an episode on that. I was literally going to say the exact same thing. So good. <laughs> it's genuinely that yeah. great. That's a, that's a teaser for an upcoming Yeah, episode. we'll get there. So, okay, we've rambled enough. Thank you yeah. all for listening. Um, you know, Thanks, y'all. Once again, follow us on Twitter at back to back When I say back to back I mean the number two always. back to yeah. back pod and on Instagram at back to back podcast you know, send us a tweet, send us a DM. We're always willing to hear from y'all. Send, yeah. send hate tweets if you want. Yeah, for real. Follow me too on my personal Twitter at underscore cheese dip. You know, we recorded these episodes back to back, back to back, and uh, I don't have any more followers. So you guys are really slacking in the entire five minute break that we took between episodes. Yep, in which it hasn't even been aired. It hasn't been edited. <laughs> you better, audience. No, I'm joking. You can follow you me on Twitter at, at CourtTheCat if you want. Hi, it's Courtney. It's always Courtney if there's something recorded afterwards. Um, I changed my Twitter handle to at Cultney, C-U-L-T-N 3-Y. Um, we recorded this like two weeks ago and, uh, I had a quarter life crisis and changed my Twitter handle after 10 years. So, um, yeah, follow me. Don't follow me. But, uh, Court the Cat does not exist anymore. So all good. Love you all. The episode will continue. Thank you. But it's just, it's a lot of mu- movie memes. Yeah. And not until me and Courtney have the same amount of followers. Yeah. Don't follow me until he's on the same. <laughs> I've been doing this shit for like 10 years at this point. That's why I have so many. It's the only reason. It's been it's been a long Yeah. Mine is because mine is definitely <laughs> not meant to be associated with Zach in real life. And so I only made it like a few years ago. <laughs> Shout out to Friend of the Pod Nick, whose favorite movie is Dan in real life. <laughs> Shout out to Nick for that. Shout yeah. out to Z- uh, actually, shade out to Zillennial Canon. I'm throwing some shade really quick because I talked to Kira about it for any fans of Zillennial Podcast really quick. And then I promise we'll stop wasting your fucking time. But uh, their cover art, which I love, is Kira and Adam recreating the Dan Real Life poster. Ask Kira about it. She said they've never watched Dan in real life. So I'm throwing some shade at them. They're right that it completely encapsulates, like, zillennial movies, though. Okay, but, like, they haven't even watched Dan in real life. Like... Maybe by the time this is out, they have. They Who knows? Honestly, we're going to be so dated. Imagine if our podcast pick 
was the Guero album art, but all the heads were replaced with me and you heads. And then we were like, oh, we've never listened to Guero. <laughs> Which that, that album art idea is something I'd been meaning to tell you about because I kind of want to do that Very <laughs> Or just take one foot in the grave and... You're, For both of us! <laughs> you're tall. Who's... T- okay, you have to be Calvin Johnson because he looks a little taller. Yeah, because Beck, we found out, is like kind of short. <laughs> He's 5'7". I feel like we knew that. He's tiny king. Yeah, because we said... Uh, We're not going to say who else is 5'7". <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to talk about noted s-word who is also short and very prominent in the community i'm scared of him and his monotooth and i don't want to go there (laughs) i think that's a great place to wrap up (laughs) have a nice day everyone have a great day um have a great time if you're not having a great day i suggest listening to i get lonesome it might make you feel less lonely yeah, stop Back listening to us. Go listen to something of, of worth. <laughs> like Beck music. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye, y'all. Well, there ain't nobody left to impress And everyone's kissing their own hands There's six, six, six on the kitchen floor there ain't no fire in the